0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash tales from tech support. Somebody's pouting back here because uh, I made him get out of his office chair long enough for me to do a recording. I don't know if you can see it, but Dimey's actually asleep on this little uh, storage bag here for our winter clothes that we're getting out and getting everything switched over now that the weather's actually becoming more pleasant and fall-like. Yeah, you can sort of see an eye there. Anyway, since they're both here, we're just going to go ahead and leave the camera in this position, and uh, bed's made, so... Who cares? There are scheduling discrepancies. I work in post-secondary and one of my duties is to administer a room booking system. We get students set up with recurring bookings each semester in specific rooms for music studio practice and rehearsals. As our system enforces limits on how far a person can book out to ensure fair access, I have to put these in. I get the list in September and put in all the bookings, double check that all is good and then it's off my plate. Fast forward a month in and I get a panicked email from an instructor screaming about discrepancies with the recurring booking schedule that was submitted versus what is actually in the system. They've cc'd a bunch of people above as well. There was some late intake so a few people needed to be added, which is fair. I ask for an updated schedule with the new names and that I would go over and correct all other discrepancies. I look over the schedule that was sent, and apart from the couple new students to add, nothing is amiss between the schedule that was previously submitted and what's in the system currently. So I add the new bookings, double check everything's good, and then email back that everything's completed as requested. Ten minutes after the email goes out, the instructor rushes into my office asking why there are still discrepancies, and claiming that I didn't do anything. I tell them I set everything to their specs and ask for them to point out where the issues are. They pull out their laptop and start showing me this month's bookings on our system, which I know are correct. I could tell at a glance that all the bookings are completely awry. I could also tell at a glance that the page they were on was this month, but the year was set to 2022. Huh? I point this out and then change the year to 2023. Voila. Suddenly, everything's correct. So the instructor had made a huge fuss and accused me of ineptitude while failing to realize that they were looking at last year's bookings. After a minute of poking around, I found that they bookmarked the site on that specific month and year instead of the landing page. It's funny, I have that problem not with programs and stuff like that. Uh, most of my Google stuff's fairly fine. Uh, any other scheduling systems I get into or have access to are fine. The, of all things on Chrome, YouTube when I type the word YouTube into the main address bar you know I kind of want it to act as like the search bar type YouTube and then hit enter well if I don't hit space it goes to this video that I clicked on ages ago I don't know somehow two pages something to do with recording audio or whatever but uh the point is that if I don't hit that space bar it goes to that video before I even know what's going on there's this annoying voice starting to shout at me about sound settings and I'm not even sure what's going on for a couple seconds and then I have to say, oh, oh okay, that's not what I wanted and then type something in the search bar. But I kind of wanted to come up to the default YouTube homepage and somehow it just ha- it always reverts back to this if I don't do that. So otherwise, I don't usually have that issue. That's not my problem. It shouldn't even be your problem. I left my previous employer about six months ago. Before I left, they had a contract to support three service lines with company A, Company A got bought out by Company B a couple years before I left. Both companies are multi-billion dollar corporations. (laughs) After the merger, Company B left Company A's support contracts alone for a couple years. But shortly before I left, they put all of them out to bid. Previous employer only received a new contract for one of the three service lines that they previously supported, and it was a much reduced scope contract at that. I worked for previous employer for six years before leaving. And during that entire time, we consistently told company A that they really needed to upgrade one of the service lines we supported. It was still running on server 2008, not R2 and Windows XP. However, they never wanted to spend the money to upgrade it. A few months before I left, the SQL server supporting this application had a drive failure. And despite being RAID 5, the entire array corrupted once a new disk was installed and the server became useless as no one had the software to do a reinstall. I was able to get everything hobbling along on the app server with a version of SQL Express, but we insisted that they had to upgrade. A couple weeks later, our support contract for that system ended and it was turned over to another company. However, the new company didn't have any technical staff. During the transition, I sent them a CSV file from another database so they could use it for historical reporting, but they couldn't figure out how to open it. (coughs) So while I was still with previous employer, I had to continue supporting this ancient pile of garbage and pray it didn't crash. A project was started to migrate company A's system to company B's system, and I had a number of meetings with another third party on how everything worked. However, no migration happened before I left, but it seemed like they had everything they needed. Obviously, I washed my hands of this when I left previous employer. On to last week, when I'm enjoying a vacation. I get a text message from the project manager for a previous employer asking if I knew how the third party could remote in to get information off the old server so they could plan how to migrate it. Six months later and they apparently still haven't managed the migration that was well underway before I left and apparently they're starting over. I responded with that it wasn't my problem and Company B has their own IT people who should deal with it. And besides, there's no way to remotely access it that I'm aware of due to the age. not me, I'm in my prime. Project manager kind of laughed at the fact that company B's IT people would get involved in this and said she was in charge of migrating it. This being despite the fact that previous employer is not getting paid to support this at all and a different company is. Project manager then told me she was told I was available to answer questions to which I responded that after six months I felt the time was up. And while I might answer questions for a previous employer itself, I wouldn't be answering them for company B. I ended the conversation by saying I was on vacation and any further assistance would have to wait until I had returned from vacation and I had a signed contract in hand for support. I sent all the text messages to my friend who took my job at previous employer and he told me that he was the only one that was ever supposed to contact me for anything. He said he was going to run it up the chain there to make sure it doesn't happen again. This system was such a nightmare for me that despite loving my new job and being on vacation, this short text exchange actually caused me stress just thinking about that system. I've never been one to shy away from helping people that I used to work for or work with and things like that, but, you know, on a personal level. I had a guy that took over my superintendent position at another company, and he called to ask me some general, basic, uh you know housekeeping questions you know how to do, how does the company deal with this because he wasn't getting straight answers from the office and i kind of knew the ins and outs so i didn't feel bad telling him i wasn't bad mouthing the company we left under good terms so that wasn't a problem but after a while it gets really old you know at what point do i keep giving free information and taking up my time on my phone and worrying about this stuff and noodling problems through when it's not my job i'm not getting reimbursed for any of this stuff And it's not to be greedy. It's just that, you know, my time might not be worth much, but it's worth something. At what point does my previous employer, you know, kind of grow up and realize that they need to fix their own mistakes and pay for somebody who has the knowledge or, you know, pay somebody else to teach this person the knowledge, whatever, to put the systems in place that are needed to run the job sites. It's just silly. If I was that important, I would have got a better offer to stay on. When the wife becomes your user. We both work in IT but unrelated fields, the worst nightmare. Wife comes home from visiting her parents, needs to give one of her coworkers access to some Azure stuff before taking yet another plane this week to go on one of her tech talks. So she needs her passwords and whatnot. Laptop doesn't turn on. Panic ensues as her local passwords vault is on that thing. She comes in my room slash office, dead drops the whole thing on my table with my fingers and keyboard underneath, and asked me to please, please try and fix it as she can't go to her company's office today to get it replaced, and she needs those passwords. Been telling you for years to migrate to Bitwarden, or the hell is WE? Somebody tell me down below, please. (laughs) And stop using local vaults. You don't have this on cloud yet? And she's like, I don't wanna use the company-enforced cloud password solution and they don't allow other cloud solutions, and runs off to her room and office to get back to her meeting. The fun begins. I unwillingly drop everything I was doing, researching EDR solutions, writing a customer letter trying to figure out good words for, your service costs are going to increase by almost 50%, and the late game of Stellaris, which I had paused 3 hours ago, and got to it. Well, the darn thing doesn't turn on. Plug it in? Nothing. It's one of those models where you can't remove the batteries, so that's a test I won't be doing, I guess. Power LED doesn't turn on either. Is the charger bricked? Here's where the fun stops. I need a multimeter to test this thing. Jeez, haven't used one in years. Do I even have one? I spend the next 20 minutes searching for one in the apartment. 15 plus boxes, cupboards, drawers, and whatnot. Finally find one, a new 2019 XD one. It's not working. I go to find my battery tester. I knew where it was, so no time wasted searching for that. And yep, that battery's dead. Nine volt rectangular one, I think. Didn't I just see my RJ45 tester somewhere just now? Three minutes later i managed to scavenge the 9 volt from my rj45 tester and get the multimeter to work i'm no electrician and don't remember the best multimeter settings to test the power adapter but i'd say this one's working seems like the power connector or the whole motherboard is bricked not much more i can do really not with a laptop that's managed by another company and not with my tools over 30 minutes have passed i'd say closer to 45 minutes actually with all the searching and that one youtube search for optimal multimeter settings Laptop in hand, tail between my legs, I go to tell the wife the bad news. That she'll have to go to the company's office to get another laptop and make sure they don't wipe her data before recovering that password vault. Then she says, oh, never mind, I had a copy on OneDrive. Why are you the way that you are? The laptop's dead? Weird. Oh, I left the laptop connected all night at my parents and they had a power surge. Maybe that's why? I'll be right back. Call my lawyer. I'm going to kill someone. Absolutely crazy. So you had a copy on OneDrive all this time. That's one problem. Made your husband run all around the house searching for batteries and testers and all kinds of other crap just to tell him that you already had the passwords. Point number two. It's kind of important information. If you were at your parents' house and you left your laptop plugged in overnight and there was a bad thunderstorm with a power outage, then that's kind of important information because there could have been a power surge that did brick the power supply, battery, the whole laptop, motherboard, whatever. My wife will do that sometimes. We have cabinets in our laundry room. And, you know, they're only so deep on the inside. They're only they're only designed to take so much crap before the doors won't close anymore. Well, when that crap starts migrating to the outer edge of the cabinet and the doors don't quite close, you know, you can kind of spring them closed just a little bit. She'll keep piling crap in there and so will the kids and so will everybody else. And after a while, they just put something in and then they give the doors a shove, walk away. The doors, of course, spring back open, you know, whatever. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, I get this piece of crap cabinet. The door's falling off. The hinges are loose. Can you tighten the hinges? Well, yeah, I can tighten the hinges. But the problem is they're going to keep loosening until the screws fall out or the hinge breaks or the door breaks or the face frame of the cabinet breaks, whatever, because you keep forcing it to hold more crap than it's supposed to. We have a closet in our living room, which is the same way. Instead of just being able to gently, with one finger, close the door, we have to lean our shoulders into it to close the door because, of course, a closet that's meant to hold, you know, three feet of crap is trying to contain four feet of crap. So, yeah. I don't understand why it's doing that. The magical USB drive. I work help desk at a company that supports fintech products like kiosks and ATMs. The techs themselves are actually contracted out from a third party company who are not our employees. One day I get a call from a tech asking for assistance on a dispatch he was sent to for intermittent communication drops on a few machines. It turns out they have routers installed by us that aren't monitored or maintained by site, and tech is asking for a replacement. That wouldn't be too unreasonable except his way of asking was to give a long detailed description of every previous call he had for this issue. As if I was personally sending him there to waste his time. I explained that we can't send any new equipment without getting verification on what's causing the issue, so I asked him to pull the log files from the machine and send them to us so we can see if there's any sort of pattern. At this point, it becomes clear this man didn't call to troubleshoot. As I explained before, the techs are contracted out, so they should really be calling their own tech support for any in-depth troubleshooting issues. In this specific case, I played along since the router that was potentially faulty is our equipment. Then came the fateful line. Well, I don't have a USB drive, so not sure how that's going to work. I wanted the screen. At this point, the man is either lying to me or I'm being effed with intentionality. What tech shows up to a communications troubleshooting issue without a laptop and a USB? I don't say any of this though. I can already feel my blood pressure rising and know we still have a ways to go. I decide to play along and ask if he can borrow one from site IT. I don't know where they're located in here. (laughs) Are you a child? Ask someone. Wait, you showed up to a site to troubleshoot communication issues and didn't even check with the site IT? listen to me carefully you're an idiot at this point i've completely lost my patience and begin to get short with him as this call has now gone on for 10 minutes and has primarily consisted of someone who makes more money than me asking how to do their job i once again repeat that we need log files as the company won't send expensive equipment without confirmation well i can fish one out of my truck but you're gonna need to tell me how to pull them because i've never done it before we have just lost cabin pressure This man is a punishment sent by the gods of Frontline to test my resolve, and I have failed him. I have failed this man. Life has failed this man. My anger turns pity as I shed a single tear and instruct him he needs to reach out to his own support. I can do nothing for this man. I hang up my phone, stare out the window, and contemplate the density of objects. (laughs) I've never gotten a call like that, but I did have a manager of a restaurant we were finishing up. We used to fast-track build restaurants and, you know, chain restaurants, things like that. Chili's, Grady's, Steakhouses, and all that stuff. Applebee's, TGI Fridays. And I had one opening manager who, once the store was turned over to corporate, this guy knew nothing. I didn't notice it at the time, but evidently he had no idea of how to order for a brand new store. He knew how to keep one running, take current stock and whatever, But considering there was no books to work from because this store was brand new, he had no idea how to set up a brand new operation. Why is he there? Why isn't there another manager there who has more experience setting up a new space, helping this guy out? Like he's obviously a fairly new manager taking over but he didn't know how to hire the people correctly he didn't staff nearly enough people for the opening week because any restaurant even if it's total crap is going to be super busy for at least a couple weeks while you know the novelty wears off but this guy kept coming into my job trailer you know we stay there for probably another month after you know turning over so that they can get their trainings done and things like that and we can do punch list stuff and minor equipment tweaks but this guy kept coming to my trailer asking me how to you know work ovens how to work broilers, how to work mixers, how, where's the, you know, asking where the freaking circuit panel was because I don't know why. There shouldn't be much of anything that he's plugging in unplugging because everything's pretty much plugged in. It needs to be plugged in when I walk out and everything else is hardwired. So not to mention the fact that this guy, you know, you have managers for each location. Then you have a district manager, which is over a cluster of locations. Then you have operations managers, who should be the person that this guy's calling to get help with figuring things out in his store. But he acts like he's never worked one of these places before, so I'm not sure what's going on with that, but this was years ago. I'm not sure exactly how this manager made out, but uh, I'm pretty sure the place closed down within two years, so... Eh. YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here, so do me a favor and help the channel out by clicking. See ya!